This is Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chappelle. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chappelle. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is actress and author Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Priyanka moved a lot growing up and had to face racism and bullying in school. But she never gave up on herself and with the support of her family, she eventually became Miss World and later appeared in more than 60 films produced in India and in the United States. In 2015, she made history as the first Indian-born actor to lead an American network TV series when she starred in the ABC drama Quantico. She traces her 20-year entertainment career in her new memoir, Unfinished, which we discuss in this podcast episode. Welcome to Five Questions, Priyanka. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I'm so excited to be here. So you and I were both bullied in Newton, Massachusetts high schools, except you dealt with racism there. My first question to you is, how did you regain your confidence after this experience? Well, I left. I was one of the few privileged people to be on the side of bullying, to be able to, you know, have somewhere to go. And I called my mom and I was like, I'm coming back to India. I don't want to do this right anymore. And I left. But I know that there are so many kids in situations and people in situations where they don't have the ability to just extract themselves or separate and sort of have to live with situations which are uncomfortable and very bullying is just a terrible thing. It's an abuse of power and it happens in every field and happens in every space and as a teenager it just sort of affects you a lot more the only way I could probably get over that was because I was surrounded by so much love and affection when I went back home with my family and you know they always treated me with a sense of confidence so I sort of regained my confidence in my sense of self being around people that loved me what's fascinating about that response is that the way I viewed high school was I had two different realities at home I was treated with love and care and I was meant to feel special. I'm an only child. So that could play into it as well. And then at school, it's like I'm getting bullied every day. So I'm like, what is going on? I was like almost confused. At school, I'm like treated as less than. And then at home, I'm treating it as more than. That seems to be like what you had in terms of with your family versus in high school. That high school experience sort of teaches you compartmentalization, which has been really, really helpful to me to maintain my sanity. I don't let the pressures of my work come back home with me. As anxious as I may be because my job is very transient there's no consistency with my job it's, it's a constant sort of hustle within that it's really easy to bring back home the pressures of oh my gosh something was not successful what am I going to do in the next one it's easy to do that but I learned and this was not something I knew in my 20s but it took me to getting my 30s to kind of understand that it's important to shut the door at work and the pressures that come along with it and come home to what is really important which is your family your friends you know what you're having for dinner and like feeding your soul a little bit it it's something that I learned later, but I'm really grateful to be able to compartmentalize because then I'm so much more productive in both places. I love that. And I really agree. And speaking of your uh, memoir, when you talk about your insecurities in the book, you state the worst thing to do is to feel sad alone. What do you recommend to people who are suffering from mental health issues right now, but don't know where to go or what to do? I think a lot of that comes from a sense of embarrassment and shame that has been sort of stigmatized with having mental health issues, which I can't comment on because I've never experienced it clinically. But what I can talk about is a sense of feeling sad and depressed and alone and isolated, especially at a time right now. I can definitely speak to that. I truly believe that finding someone, whoever is 
in your corner, whoever your person is. But when you talk about something that is making you feel sad and bogged down, then it takes away the power of that thing. When it is alone and it's just you and your insecurity or you and whatever is bogging you down, then it feels so much larger than it probably is. It's like air leaving a balloon when you stick a needle in it. It just becomes much smaller and you can deal with it much better. So I think look for the person who's in your corner at that point. Relationships <clears throat> are really the foundation for our lives and give us meaning and purpose. And people can help us work through our biggest challenges and we need each other. I always say we and need each other beings, to survive. We're social animals. We're meant to exist in organizations. We're meant to exist in communities. We're meant to have friends. We're meant to be social beings. Why go against the grain of that? I understand, you know, I've, I've been through it. Sadness is strangely seductive. It pulls you in to this warmth of wallowing in self-pity and sadness allows you to sort of grieve. It also takes away life, sort of slowly strangles the joy that you find in life. And, you know, it's that choice that you have to make. Who do you choose, yourself, or do you choose circumstances? We're the only ones that can actually make that choice. No one else can. Speaking of the sadness, you said in your memoir that after your dad died, you were in the darkness for a while. Can you explain the sad period of your life and how you got through it? Well, you know, everyone has few phases. Mine was, I didn't choose to take the time out to deal with it. I went to work like four days later. I was isolated and all of it came tumbling down on me. And I felt extremely alone and chose to be extremely alone. I allowed myself to feel that way and indulge in that for a good two years, I would say. I started feeling like everything that I'd worked for was on stake. I was distracted. I couldn't focus. And I had built this career on my back. I was not going to let that feeling take it away from me. That really was the impetus for me choosing myself. And I started making small, tangible changes. That really made a big difference. Even if I wanted to tell my friends, no, you know, I want to stay in bed and watch TV. I would make the effort to go out and meet people. You need to shake what you're reality is and recreate a new reality and I think that really helped me. People fear change but it is something like that situation with your dad dying that spurred that change. It's very commendable that you were able to recover from it and, and figure out a new path forward. I think I also realized how can we be afraid of change? Change is the most constant thing in life. What you are today is not the man you were two days ago forget two years ago. What I am right now is not the person I was just a few hours ago. So, you know, we are always changing. As soon as we embrace it, I think it just lends such an excitement to life. Yeah, life is definitely a journey and you've had a remarkable journey in the entertainment world. What would you say the biggest obstacle you faced during your 20 year Hollywood career is and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest obstacle has been to constantly evolve. It's not just a Hollywood thing. It really is um, an ambition thing. You know, once you find the safe space and you kind of exist in that you start to become a plateau and you start becoming stagnant. Adaptability was um, a big asset of mine. I could do that really well, maybe because I moved around so much as a kid. 20 years doing something, you found what you want. I personally found what I want. Now it's about sustainability, challenging myself and, and being relevant in the field. What's your best piece of career advice? I was just going to say that my best piece of career advice is not to be stuck to the thing you think you found, to be open to change, to be open to flux. The entertainment business is based on taste and opinions, and those change every couple of years. We have to be able to, especially in the entertainment business, evolution of entertainment has changed so much from theatrical to being able to watch the newest movie on your in your drawing room. And, you know, we all have to adapt to that. That's what I think the best career advice I've ever got is to be open to adapting and learning 
at anything that's thrown at you instead of being afraid of losing what you have. That's such a great piece of advice, especially because in today's world, no one could have predicted COVID. You can't predict how things are going to play out, but you can see new trends and evolve. And react. Know, from react big well. movie screens to streaming. And you just react and, and change along with that and grow your skill set. And everyone has to do it. It's not just an entertainment, Absolutely. right? Your, your restaurant got shut down. Now what? We all have to figure out how to push through and persevere. And I think that as humans, that instinctively, that's what we do, whether we fear I mean, that resilience is such a great part of the human trait. We are very resilient. And this last year has really shown us that I've seen communities come together, people come together, humanity showing the best and worst of itself. I choose to focus on the best. We are resilient, you know, look at us doing a book tour virtually. I was really thinking about it when the last pandemic happened with the influenza flu. They were proper lockdown. They did not have Netflix and Amazon. They did not have Zoom to be able to connect with people. They could write letters. That's it. We're so blessed to be able to have the resilience that humanity has shown us by finding a way. What I always tell people is 20, 30, 40 years ago, the unemployment rate would be so much greater during a pandemic like this. Now we have the technology that enables us to work remote. Like truly, so a I mean, percentage of the economy is saved yeah. because of technology. To be able to go back to work and make movies because people were consuming movies so much was part of my job. And I'm sure same for you, people were consuming your show so much because everyone was at home and you know, that lent us to adapt and create. And I'm so grateful to be able to be at work at a time when I know a lot of people aren't being able to do that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Priyanka. To follow her journey, you can read her memoir, Unfinished, and find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where she shares her appearances, new projects, and announcements. And to watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Schabell. <laughs>